Welcome to the Shared Desk, episode 102. <sighs> it feels so good to podcast. Oh, it does. It feels so good to podcast. And it's keeping us sane. And what also is keeping us sane is we've got guests in, oh the, my gosh. in the studio. Apart from us. In the studios. Okay. Oh. All right. All right. So let's, let's start from the beginning, everybody. It is the Shared Desk, and I am your host, T. Morris. And across from me... I'm Pip Valentine. And the special guests... One of them you have heard often on our modest little podcast, uh, Tales from the Archives, the award-winning podcast, Tales from the Archives. Yes, it's not that modest. Uh, Not that (laughs) modest. And and that is Allie Grower. Say hi, Allie. Hi. And right next next to her is someone who should have been on this podcast a while back. I know. That's Rue. That's uh, wow! I screwed up the first name. Wow! Drew Merjueski. Hello, Merjueski. He was constantly worked so hard on the damn last name. I screwed up his first name. Don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's how we roll here. But you've got such a magnificent mustache. That's the thing. He's just maybe he maybe T was just feeling intimidated by the mustache. I am. Oh God, are you kidding? I'm intimidated by it too. I am feeling extremely intimidated by the mustache. So, um, so, yeah, so, so Drew and Allie, they are old friends of our. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Drew and Allie are old friends of ours. Uh, they are. Um, wow, how long? I don't know. How long? Well, we know? I well, I wow. first talked to you two uh, on Twitter. Yeah. Maybe 2010, 2011. That sounds it's about a right. decade. Wow, yeah. Hey, let's just say it's a decade. It's been a decade. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you by. got hitched. That's one thing. You yes, got hitched. Yes. You got I hitched. Did. I did get um, hitched. Yes. Uh, so the, the, uh, let's see. Um, well, the nice thing is that you are like us, except younger. Um, <laughs> in, in the joke. Ju- our tombstone. <laughs> like like Tim like But younger. But younger. Um, you are two people who are collaborators in life and collaborators in art. So we are excited to be talking to you about your process, your different projects that you've got going on together and separately because, you know, sometimes I have separate things from tea too and I like to talk about them. Yeah. Yeah, that does happen. That does happen. So, um, so this now, although if if you're wondering, well, wait a minute. So, so where where was Allie in the grand scheme of uh of mm-hmm. the ministry of the ministry of peculiar occurrences? Well, first off, uh, Allie did uh two did two short stories for us. Um, they were um, oh, I can see it now. It's the it's the trapeze artist, and I'm blanking on the on the the title. Crush. A trick of strong imagination. <laughs> Thank you. A so trick good. of strong imagination. I, I can even see the. I can even see the album art that we gave you. Yeah, yes. the art. Yeah. I can see <laughs> the, the album screaming, art. The screaming. The uh, screaming soprano. I don't know what. She no, wrote. no, no. What it was is no. It was. It was. It was that. It was the. It was this. This dude that looked very phantom esque, and he had a woman in a dip. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's right. It was that one. Mist. Maybe yeah. it was the yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. the other one was uh, Inspector Sancta, and yeah. that was that. That wow. I was. I was. So, so just, just as a quick, just as a quick aside, you were, I, I recorded that one in yep. your house yeah. while we yeah. were dating. And, and what, what I remember the most about so that this makes was, true and an honorary. Yeah. It makes, it makes him an honor, actually, honorary. He was there, yeah. he was there taking, in <laughs> yeah. the background lurking. Right. It, so the, I remember, I remember kind of freaking Allie out a little bit saying we are getting ready to start, uh, the fourth season of the ministry. We want you to kick it off. And here's mm-hmm. what we want you to write. And it was probably the first time. Was that the first time, Allie, you'd ever written on spec where you were given the idea yeah. and then you just ran with it? 
Yeah. Good golly, um, did she run with it? Was like freaking O.J. Simpson before he was a criminal? What? Was it Spiritus Sanctus that yes. kicked off the fourth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was the first time I'd been asked to do a spe- like fill a specific slot mm-hmm. like that, um, and I was like. I was really stoked about it. I wasn't, I don't even remember being super nervous about it. Once I figured out the idea that I wanted to like fill that with. Um, I love that story. That was a really fun one to write. I really liked that one. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, one of the real joys of the ministry. I mean, there'd be many joys, but one of the real ones, I think for us, I'm going to speak for both of us, You're more is than welcome being to, able to have the people that we really like and really, as sur- apparently the teenagers are now saying this, we really oh vibe with. Oh God! We, yeah. Yeah. we got a vibe going I think, I on. I think I just threw up in my mouth a little chat. I think I just threw up in my mouth a little. Hey, I like to try. I to try. To, I like to try and keep up with what the Utes are saying. Oh, okay, really? is that what you call it? Okay, okay. okay. For, for fear I fall into into grannyhood too soon. Yep. You um, keep telling yourself that. <laughs> I'm going to be doing TikTok dances next. Okay. <laughs> okay, but legally, the four of us right now, none of us are allowed to dab. Like uh, we cannot legally dab. True. There will yeah. be no dabbing. We did an attempt at once, and it was badly. Seat. No, we do that. Uh-uh. To, we do that to get a rise out of the daughter. I mean, that's, that, that, that goes. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I enjoy a tasteful dab, though. Uh, a tasteful. Dab? Uh, a tasteful dab. That is. It was just sort of a directional a directional point. point. Oh yeah. yes, that's it. That's just you look in the other direction. Yeah. It's tasteful. <laughs> Well, we so. always aim to be tasteful on this show, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, well. So, um, so, but, but then you might have heard her voice. Obviously, not just not just with uh, with those two short stories, but then she appeared in a short story of mine as well. And um, <clears throat> and so, yeah. So, Allie, Allie and Drew, uh, they have been friends of ours for over ten years. And along with that, they have also um, they have also been a collaborating couple, which is why we brought them on. It's not just to hear their voices, which are no, beautifully no. trained actor voices, right? And, and hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, Google Meet will catch up. So, Ali Drew, the first question I got for you all is: is what was your first collaborative um, project as a creative couple? Um, I honestly remember giving you some collaboration stuff on uh, Spirit of Sanctus. You like, do? Yeah, it wasn't a lot. And that's not really the first thing I would consider our, but that I, was the first time. That was I, it like I, I had sketched some stuff out and I, I had you read it? And yeah. You... And I was like, well, how about this? Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of things differently with that. But I think the biggest thing we did initially, um, oh gosh, I mean, the biggest thing we've the done is, is Warda. But like the first thing the, we did was, stuff was, that, was in them. I oh, thought yeah. the first thing you guys did, I thought the first thing you guys did was a, um, uh, it was a post-apocalyptic uh, uh, much ado about nothing. Wasn't that it? That was after. Really? Actually. After in them, yeah. Yeah. So oh, wow. uh, okay. when Drew and I were first dating, um, like sh- around the time of Spiritus Sanctus was being written, um, we were world building uh, something together that we called Inum. Um and it is hard to describe, except that it was heavily inspired and influenced by a photo shoot Drew and a bunch of our friends from the Ren Fair did um, that was kind of like a bring your own stuff DIY post-apocalyptic Robin Hood theme. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and the photos are so excellent that uh, when the when the pictures started going up, like the photographers were putting the pictures up on on Facebook, and we were get, we were all getting notifications. Um, I was so into it that I took each picture in the album and I wrote like 
a chunk of text about what was going on in the story. And people were like at home shoving popcorn in their mouths while I was typing these things on the, on the photos that they posted from their, their beautiful photo shoot. Mm. Um, and then Drew and I started talking about it and I was like, I don't know. It was just really inspiring. And he was like, the, you, you should write this. And I was like, but I don't really know where to start with it. And it was just kind of like, as the kids say now, a vibe. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But then we started talking about it and Drew kind of kicked down the door of like world building in a collaborative setting for me, which I had never done hither to that point. Like I didn't have any um, close like writer pals that I worked with. Um, and I didn't really even have a whole lot of people who had read my stuff at that point, um, you know, other than you know, my first novel, which had like literally just come out. Um, and so I was kind of, it was me being like, I don't want to, I don't want to. And you're going, <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Come over here, sit down. Let's talk about things. There's no pressure. We can just imagine together and do all this stuff. And I was like, I, but, uh, but, but then we have to share it. And is that okay? I don't know if that's okay. Like people, like when you're a writer, you have to do it by yourself. You have to figure it out yourself. And okay, wait, wait was like, who said bunk. this? Who said I, this? I know. Where are yeah, these rules written? That, is, is, it this, is, is this the same place? Is this, is it's this from rule? movies. Haven't you ever seen movies? Is the writer this, is no, by movies. themselves. Is this the same rule where it's like, okay, I'm a writer. I'm going to go on social media and everything that I post is going to be the same link going back to my book where you have to buy it. I think is it's that, even older yeah. than that. Really? I think really. It's I think it's, than that. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, it, it's to borrow someone else's phrase, it's brain weasels, right? Mm. It's the brain weasels that tell you, you have like to that. do this on yourself. You have to figure it out on your own. You can't let anyone else tell you their ideas because then you're using their ideas and not yours and all of these other weird myth things that I had mm. ingrained I, in my brain that I didn't know. And ideas are very, very special, very very like yeah. little diamonds yeah, they, you've got to nurture. To yeah. No, ideas are like grain that falls on the ground. <laughs> ideas... <laughs> ideas is that lint in your pocket you don't know where it's coming from <laughs> but you suspect maybe yeah. you can make something out of and it you, you try to get rid of them and guess what you reach in your pocket it's more, more right lint. back more lint. <laughs> yeah. more lint. Well, i think it i think it's interesting because so many people who have never done it before the first time authors first time creatives they're like this is the thing i have made and i will never make one again therefore it must be <laughs> special and perfect yeah, and, and you're gonna sit there and you go no you're gonna f you're gonna make a new world you're yeah. gonna write another yeah. book you're gonna do another story this is not the last thing you'll ever do though it feels like it is the last yes. thing. i'm just gonna say i'm just gonna say about uh <laughs> i would say maybe um back in 2008 i said i will i will never write another podcasting or an another for dummies book <laughs> i will never write another for dummies book here we are and Ten the, years later, we are. <laughs> yeah, look at me now, Mom. Never, never say, chat. never say, never about what you're going to do as a writer. You never, you never exactly. know. No, you never know. You, you exactly. really, you really never know. So, and, and oh, and we're on the fourth edition of this. So, um, podcasting so, for yeah. dummies that would be that would be so for the um, podcasters who didn't see that ding. picture. So, so oh, I love the ding. I forgot about the. Oh ding. yeah, we got the ding. Yeah. The the ding is the ding always lives, there. man. The, the, the ding, ding, ding lives. The ding is on. The ding is on. So, um. So then uh, now along with doing along with doing um, creative projects like this one, like, like, like where you started, um, mm -hmm. you've sometimes heard of the, the danger of, of collaborating couples. I mean, you know, there's there's the infamous stories behind uh, uh, Taylor and Burton. 
who you know they they just it was it was uh, just just gasoline and and, a, and an open flame and and then of course there's the stories of, of like like pip and myself like when um <laughs> every time he's gonna no, drag no, it out be every time here you go you don't there's need a, to hear this there's, there's, i'll edit a... this bit out later and post so just so when we were working on the uh the, the, the um, we were working on the original um verity fitzroy the very first verity fitzroy um and uh and the curse of the silver pharaoh i basically uh uh, Pip was like, just take a look at it and just tell me what you think. This was the one time I wanted to kill oh, you. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> about a book. The one time. About oh. a book. Yeah. About a book. Okay, okay. And I, I started tearing it apart. I mean, I was going through it just, <clears throat> it was, it was, um, it was bad. And, and, um, and Pip saw the amount of red that was in, that was in just the first three chapters. It was a bloodbath. It was, it really was. It made Tarantino look like a Disney film. And, and I am, I am just, I am just ripping through it. And I just ran down the laundry list of all the things that were wrong up to chapter three. And there were 30 chapters in this, in this thing. And I'll never, I'll never forget it. She's, she says, you know, I don't have to sleep in the same bed with you and, and and have you tell me how bad of a writer I am. And she literally flipped over so hard I was naked without sheets. And I was just like and I went I went, honey, don't touch me. And I just was like, Okay, either A, I take a stand because this has nothing to do with the marriage, this has everything to do with the creativity, or B I go and I sleep on the couch. <laughs> and I, I t- and chat. I took a stand, I grabbed the sheets, and I yanked it back over, and there was a slight tug, and then silence. It was a bit like, you know, kind of like the Armistice Day in, in World War One. It's not entirely how I the remember it. The next morning. I was just lying there thinking about ways to murder you. You are so but full of it. I decided against it. <laughs> the next morning, the next morning, I heard this, this, this little mumble. You might be right about some of the things. I was actually lying there. Yeah. Thinking, I was lying there thinking about the plot holes and various other mm-hmm. things. Have you two ever had something like that happen? That's that's your story. To tell. <laughs> yeah. There's always one story, isn't there? Always one. <laughs> and, so there we And they're were. a youngin' couple. It's so darling. Yeah. So Everybody, we grab were. your coffee. Grab your coffee. It's story time. Uh, we we started dating as I as I kind of said earlier. Uh, we started dating like in the months leading up to the release of my first book mm-hmm. uh, through an, a small independent press. Um, and I arguably was extremely naive about the whole thing. Um, although I had worked very hard both on my own and with the editors and with the whole team. And it felt very professional. Um, and to this day, you know, if that, if my editor came back and was like, please work with me again, I'd be like, yes, please work with me again because she was great. Um <laughs> But uh, I, I, I was feeling pretty good. The book was about to come out. It, I felt good about where it was. I was excited for people to read it, excited uh, for the release. Um, I'm and Drew and I were, uh, we were, we were, you know, starting to date kind of seriously. And uh, I don't remember if I asked you to read the book or if you asked to read the book. I don't remember. I, I wanted to read it. So you I, wanted to I read, read the it. book. So you read it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, so what did you think? Um, did you guys see the the recent remake of Little Women, the Greta Gerwig Little Women that was in theaters this no, past year? No, no. Okay, there's a scene in which um, Saoirse Ronan as Joe March brings her manuscript to Professor Bear mm-hmm. um, for feedback, and he tells her that um, 
it's not good, but he he liked reading it. Um, and he felt like he learned about her while while reading it, but that it wasn't good. And it it made sense to him why it hadn't been published yet. Um, and she flips out on him and like takes the papers back and is like, what do you know? And she leaves and she has this whole meltdown. Um, that's kind of what happened uh, <laughs> in so much as that uh, Drew read the book and he was like, you've done a very good job. You worked really hard on this. There are lots of really good things about it. <laughs> Um, um, <laughs> um, backing slowly away. <laughs> and, and the thing was, is I sat there. I you have to understand the background I come from. Yeah, please, um, please. I I have a master's degree in acting, and I it was three years of intense critique, mm-hmm. um, constant like feedback, constant critique to the point that sometimes our professor would be like, "You need to leave the classroom because you are unteachable today." Um, wow. Or, I was like about she... I was about to crack a joke. I was about to crack a joke that I just have a BS in theater, but he has a master's, and this is why Drew always talks down to me whenever we're in the same <laughs> oh, room he together. Doesn't do that. But 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 that is not not true. But but the fact that Drew just said that that I've had teachers like that though, yeah. where they're just yeah. like, "You need to get out of here," and I'm just like, "I I don't know if I could handle that, Drew. You, t- <laughs> I want to be you when I grow up, Drew. I swear to God, <laughs> it's too late now. It's too late now. It, it, I did three years of Jesus. That. Um, and it was three constant years. It wasn't one of those just we have a class and is like that. It was all day, every, every day. day, everything. Wow. And it wasn't just and that's like, hard. That's hard. It's, it's super hard. It's super hard. Um, yeah. It, I mean, more than once, you know, I, I cried myself to sleep. Like it was, <laughs> it was incredibly tough. And I, but I came out of it with this, not just a sense of, uh, who I was as a creative and as an artist, right. um, but a sense of like self self-directing and like self uh self-critique of myself and how to take critique how to take critique mm, yeah. but, but and that's important to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later too but, yeah. but go ahead oh, yeah. but also to, to give critique right and right. so in her giving me the book i was like i love this person this person deserves my honesty so i will be completely and brutally honest right um, now, should I have been as completely brutally honest? Probably not. <laughs> with uh, no warning? With no, yeah. with no warning, no. But I, I just like, I laid it out. I was like, yeah. this is the reason why I think your book is good, but it's not great. So, yeah. so, uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, and I'm going to say this uh, as, a, as, a, as a defense. It sounds like we're, 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 we're kind of pooping this book, but here's the thing. It was her first novel. I can look at Moravi. People, people, can, oh, yeah. people can look at, I mean, people look at Moravi and they go, I, I actually heard somebody say, Kid you not. Someone said, there are two books I read once a year. And every time I walk away with something new from it. One is Lord of the Rings. The other one is your book, T, Moravia. And I'm just Aww. like, and, and as much as I'd like, as, as I go, thank you. There's another part of my brain that's going, you're doing uh... that to be mean. You're doing it to be like, ah, I found another typo. Because the thing is, I can look back on Moravia. Yes, one book, all 250,000 words of it, and go, there are some things I could have done differently. Um, and while, there, while, while I will say this, as I have read some first-time books mm. that have been like, wow, I'm never picking up another book from that person again. And then there's stuff that I've read like on, on the Isle of Sound and Wonder. And I admit, I was prob- what, where, where this is the separation of Drew and myself. Drew was able to read that without rose-colored glasses because I directed Tempest. I have a, I have a strong connection mm. to the Tempest, and I really love it. So so look it up. It's on the Isle of Sound and Wonder. It's on Amazon. 
It's got a pretty cover. It's got a beautiful cover. Beautiful um, new cover. And yeah. um, I'll admit, I'm, I'm partial to the first cover. I love the first cover. But that's. But, I do like the first cover too. Yeah. Yeah. But but uh, but but the thing was, it was a really strong first novel, which is why we've gone to Alley again and again. It's similar to when we keep going back to KT Brisky again and again. Go back to Lauren. When you find writers that you like to work with, you want to work with them again. Mm-hmm. But that was your first novel. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. I have buried my first novel. <laughs> my, my first novel I have taken out and put it in the ground. May it rest in peace. May it rest in peace. As well, far as... Far the, as the, the, the no- and just so you know, I've, I've, uh, she's told me the story before. Just so you know, Drew, the novel looked over its shoulder and went, tell me about the rabbits, George. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the rabbits, George. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> It was old yellow. I took it out by the shed. You old yellowed the book. I old yellowed the book. As far as anyone knows, Chasing the Bard is my first book. (laughs) It is my first book. And even that (laughs) had room for improvement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but so so how do you navigate that as a couple? Yeah. Whether whether it's you on something Drew's working on or Drew when something you're working on, how do you navigate that as a couple so that you... So that you're not ripping I wanna, off. No, I so wanna, that you're not ripping off the sheets. I want to know. I want to know what Ali said after Drew. So, was- so Drew's like, it's it's a very good first book. It has really good moments. I really liked certain pieces. You know, this, that, and the other thing that you did. And I was like, something is missing. What is something is missing from this conversation? Because um, he never said like. I mean, you didn't say like, I loved it. It was fantastic. It, right. There was no, it wasn't like praise that I was receiving. It was specific feedback right. about things like, that right. were positive, right. um, which is not what I had expected. Um, and so I was like, okay. And then we talked a little, I kept digging because I'm an idiot. And, um, <laughs> and Drew, uh, you know, talked about some things that he, that didn't sit well with him or things that he didn't really agree with. And it, it, I mean, I got really hung up on the fact that he didn't, he didn't love my protagonist or that he didn't see her the way I saw her. Okay. And I got really hung up on that. Okay. And I, I, I kept saying, no, no, she's not this, she's this. And he was like, well, that's not how I read it. And I was like, uh-huh. then I wrote it wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> like, you know, and I, I, Oh no. And through no, literally through no fault of yours. I know we've been round and round the mulberry bush on this one, but literally it wasn't your fault. Yeah. It's complete. My brain weasels, right. It, that I didn't know I had. Um, until this moment, they attacked. I, I spiraled after that, yeah. and yeah. we immediately started working on Inum. Like I said, we started world building this post-apocalyptic Robin Hood thing, and got really into the nitty gritty. And I was like, "Yeah, this is cool." And every time I sat down to try to write it, I physically could not keep oh, going. Oh wow! Okay. And I lost my marbles slowly over the next three years, four years. Um, where I would try to pick something up and I wouldn't be able to finish it. Or huh. I would I would set stuff aside and I'd start something new, something easy, right? Something easier than whatever I had been trying to do. And I couldn't finish it or I would draft it and it wouldn't go anywhere. And I was, I, I got to a point um, where I was like, I just have to maybe not write for a little while. And maybe I just need to read things for a while. Because mm-hmm. um, prior to my first book, um, I used to have what I like to call seasons where I would have a season, a couple of months or whatever, maybe a year where I would read a ton mm-hmm. and then I would go write something mm-hmm. and I would write and I couldn't read anything while I was writing. Cause I was thinking about that all the time. 
And that, that habit kind of went away over time as I got older, but I didn't know that. So I thought maybe, you know, my first book just came out. Maybe I'm psyched out. Maybe I need to go read a ton of things and not focus on writing. Um, and it just got into this weird place where I thought that I couldn't write anymore. Um, and Drew kept saying, you know, let's work on something. Let's build something. Let's try this. Let's try that. And we had, um, we ended up world building uh, our, our, our big sort of fairly well-known um, collaboration, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which is Warda. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, we ended up pouring a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of energy into that. And I thought maybe if we world build this enough, I will be able to write this. Um, and instead, what happened is we ended up playing a tabletop role-playing game and podcasting. <laughs> Strange how but, things just turn into podcasts but, sometimes. Eventually, what happened is I got to a point where I hadn't written in such a long time. And I thought, am I going to keep sitting here not doing this thing that means everything to me? Or am I going to find a way back in? And Drew had been nothing but supportive the entire time. Like, he was like... I, I think that's something that has to be... Not, not, I'm not like... I'm not like trying in your to, defense. Trying to defend myself. No, no. But yeah. um, I think the answer to the question um, uh, is that... The process is not an, an easy one, and it is not a quick one. Uh, it is not a process where you go, well, we're going to have this one conversation, and then we will work through it and move on. Yeah. It yeah. is one of those, it's a it's small project by small project. It is uh, learning each other's habits, who you are, what's going on, how to communicate. And that doesn't take, you know, Rome was not built in a day, and a collaborative uh, relationship between two people is not built in a week. That yeah. is absolutely uh, it, true. Yeah. When, when, it's T and built I, with years when, of stuff, so. when T and I were doing uh, the ministry books, we started off really almost writing separate but parallel stories and not really having any sort of cross-contamination, if you will, between yeah. the two of them. And then after six books, oh, I want to say about maybe third no, book. No, it was the third book. Around the third, third book, book. <laughs> that's when we really started to get into how knowing how each other works yeah. What yeah. strengths, what weaknesses? But we were still, we were still asking permission. Like, hey, do you mind if I write a, uh, if I write a chapter from Welly's point of view? I said only if I can write from this from Eliza's point of view. By the end of the fourth, or by the end of the fourth book, it, well, no, by the time the fourth book rolled around, it was like, so what are you working on? Yeah, I'm working on this. Okay, yeah, because I'm working on this, and you know, and and it was, you know, it's an organic <clears throat> kind of the trust building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 and 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 you know, criticism is. And I don't know, Drew, if this is something that that was something that you you came to grips with when you were doing the the graduate thing, because I know for a fact when I was doing th- this is one of the things that the, that the three of us, uh, me, me, Drew, and Ali, all have in common is I play all... Cleopatra. Man. Okay, so I'm sorry, you play <laughs> Cleopatra um, <clears throat> in a scene workshop. <laughs> I <deal>. won. <laughs> she won. Oh my god! I was naked on stage. No, you weren't. It was a snake. I no, I was naked on stage. <laughs> oh, that's right. All right. Look, we're we're getting off topic. What I was saying <laughs> was that we, okay, all of us. Thank you. Have a theater background, yes. and the thing the thing that sucks about being in theater is when you ask someone a critique. This is what I noticed too when I went from becoming a professional actor to being a professional writer. When you ask someone a critique. Man, you get sunshine blown up your 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 butthole like a lot as an actor. But 
you go to a you go you go to a writing convention and you say, so what do you think of my short story? Oh man, everybody's a critic. And I'm like, oh, all righty then. I, I literally had somebody come up to one of my book signings to go. So I read Moravian in two days. Here's what's wrong with it. I went. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> Great. Thank you. And in the back of my mind, yeah, see, see, Allie, you got a, you got a road ahead of you, baby. You got a ro- uh-huh. And you know what? You know what? Obi-Wan T. Kenobi is right there waiting, yeah. okay? It'll waiting. be fine. Yeah, we'll be, be fine. fine. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. <laughs> but what I was going to say was that, um, is that, you know, you, you, you deal with that sort of, you, you deal with that sort of cr- critique. And by the way, if anybody was, was wondering, Warda, why does it sound familiar? Page uh, three, uh, 363, everybody, in, in your hymnals. Hey. There you go. Page, page yeah. So anyway, um, but but again, it's it, it it's it's being able to critique, and, and there there is a way to critique. I've always I've always been under the, under the mindset um, <clears throat> that that when you critique somebody, it's no, it, it is really not good critique unless you can do something to help them improve the work. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, constructive criticism. Yeah. Um, but um, have there any been? Have there been any? Um, I know. I know. Pip has some questions, but I, I got one You're more. Stealing question, all my questions. Then I'm turning it over to Pip. <laughs> let's let's keep it positive. Let's talk about your strengths, because I can tell okay. you. Because if Drew if Drew's world building, I'd love to hear what Allie's strength is, because I know for a fact Pip's Pip's like superpower when it comes to the two of us writing is prose. Mm. Pip can set the scene. She can make it all work. She's now. You would ask Pip, what is my superpower when we work together? Yeah, it's usually the action scenes. Yeah. She's like, yeah. I usually go, and now they need to fight. Take it. Take it away. Take it away. Make them fight. She literally hands me the file and go, make them hurt each other. And then, and then, <laughs> I'll pick it up on the other side. Yeah, exactly. So, 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 Drew, what would you say is Allie's superpower? Allie does a very good job of uh, breathing humanity and kindness and like Aww. character into people um she's a great way of taking just the skeleton of like a spreadsheet in which we have put the person's age and weight and height and in, instead going like this is a fully fleshed out person and this is how they work um okay. and doing that and then you know putting them into scenes and how the, that scene works she uses her her uh acting background in a very particular and specific way in the scenes that she writes which is very good thank you you're welcome Just, coming off that <laughs> coming off that it makes me wonder okay so i played cleopatra once and i did some arts and drama but i'm not as deep into the acting world as you three are is there Something specific, not you, T. You're not allowed I'm, to answer I'm, this question. The guests are in the house. Good. I'm just here with the bell. Is there something <laughs> specific that trained actors learn that you think translates well into the written form? Right. I can answer that. Okay, here I'm we gonna go. I'm going to hit you with <laughs> something. i got a pipe here. I'm going to throw it at you. Smack him. Get, oh. a, get a spritz bottle. Spritz him. The way that I was trained uh, as an actor uh, ended up with a lot of uh, improvisation. Um, in particular, I was taught Meisner, and uh, most people know Meisner as the repetition thing. You know, there's that repetition technique that you use in Meisner, and you go back and forth. Most people don't get past that. That's usually like their introduction and their exit to Meisner. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of Meisner and learning the whole thing, you are really not even doing scenes. You're not like taking Noel Coward and doing a Noel Coward scene. What you're doing is you're stepping into a room with somebody and just living. And you are doing whole scenes with somebody 
completely extemporaneous off the top of your head with only certain circumstances that you have built um, with using all the layered techniques of that you've accumulated over the time <clears throat> that you've learned Meisner. And I mean, I have so many stories about brilliant moments that came out of things that I could not have planned and did not want to plan. Uh, there's a part in when you learn Meisner where in the beginning, you talk to your partner about what you're going to bring to the room for the scene, and then you stop. You stop talking to each other about it because it's far more interesting to walk into the room and be like, I do not know what's going on in this room. I know what's going on with me, and they know what's going on with them, and the scene is when those two things clash. Because that's real life. That's real life. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that translates to, to writing in the sense that you do the exact same thing as a writer, except there is no collaborative person with you usually in that, in that process. You are mm-hmm. stepping into the scene that you have set and you know that you have character A and character B and you know what character B is going to do and you know what character A is going to do. But the circumstance of C that happens between the two of them is what that scene is about. Mm, that's the magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right? the magic. Yeah. Yeah. The magic yeah. of it. And I learned all of that from being uh, a Meisner trained actor. <clears throat> Now, how about you, Allie? What, what, uh, where does your, where do your, uh, where does your theater training and theater background come into your, um, come in, come into to play for you as a writer? So I think it's the, the, there's two things that come to mind specifically for me that I I have noticed consciously have shaped the way I do things. Um, one of them is Shakespeare. Um, not just right. Not just in so much as he's dead and he can't stop us from using his ideas. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <But>, well. <laughs> but also, um, I don't know. I think he. I think he's delighted. I think he's like, yeah, sure, whatever, do whatever you want. Well, he took a I'm fair dead. amount of stuff himself, yeah. so you know, really, exactly. not a leg exactly. to stand on there. Of course, every time I think about you know Branagh taking credit for what have you, I I I, I always think about that Black Adder episode. When he goes, yes. and you know, when Blackadder kicks Branagh, played by Colin uh, Firth, and he goes, and that's for Kenneth Branagh. And he goes, who's Ken Branagh? And he goes, I'm going to tell him you said that. He's very <laughs> upset. So good. Oh, it's so good. Um, but, so not in so much just that it's, uh, you know, considered classic uh, storytelling stuff um, and um, it's public domain and all of that, but like structurally – and like this, so like the scope and the stakes of Shakespeare's stories mm. has always been something that really draws me. Um, and and I feel like I have a hard time telling a story that's not of some kind of grander scheme. I right. guess, um, like obviously, Sound and Wonder is is a retelling of the Tempest, so the structure's built in. It's it's already baked into the pie. Right. Um, but but I find that, like, I need to tell stories about characters who are a part of something bigger, whether they know it or not. Um, and I need to tell stories <clears throat> that the audience can feel this is a piece of something bigger or this is on that that grand scale level, even though we're following one thread of it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is um, dialogue. Yeah. I feel like I handle dialogue fairly well because once... Well, it, when I studied theater in college, um, we had like, I don't know, like five semesters worth of dramatic literature that we had to read. <clears throat> like so many plays, you yeah. guys, yeah. Um, from different eras, from different backgrounds, from different like genres and all of that. Um, 
And so I, I had to read so many plays and get a sense of who the people are based on how they talk, hmm. um, which diverts into my whole obsession with dialects, which is a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that when I write, I hear them so well. I'm not one of those people where my characters come to me and they sit down and pull up a chair and they talk to me about stuff. I'm, I've never been one of, well, no, I'm, I can't say I've never been one of those writers. I was one of those writers when I was in like middle or high school. Um, but I kind of like shifted out of that. And now it's more like, I feel like I'm seeing the scene happen and I'm hearing them talk me through what's going on. Not like, and then I said this and then I did that, but like I can hear the voices of what they should sound like. And then I, I feel like I use that to fuel how I shape the scene around them. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah it does. Actually, I, I see that in T as well. Uh, T's dialogue is always very natural and specific to and characters, like to yeah. who they are. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Which is which is really important when you're when you're writing dialogue. And and it's funny because Pip and I were just talking about this. Um, one of the great things uh, about, and I, and I know this is going to sound weird, but track with me, everybody. One of the great things about what's currently happening with COVID-19 and the way it's shutting everything down is the way some theaters are going. People still need to be entertained. People still need theater. So people have been releasing all of this incredible stage performances. And just last week, uh, the national theater released a streetcar named desire um, with, with Jillian Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. So here, and here's my, here's my aggravation. I love Jillian Anderson. I'm watching it going, this is really good. But at the same time, I'm like, it's freaking Tennessee Williams. You do not connect I with Tennessee. I do not connect. with, and, and it frustrates me because he is considered one of the greats, you know, like mm-hmm. the American Shakespeare. And I'm like, I ain't seeing it. And I just, and I, and I feel like that, <clears throat> and part, part of the reason why it's not connecting with me is the dialogue. I'm mm-hmm. like, I lived in the deep South. I don't know anybody that talks like this. It's beautiful, but I don't know anybody that talks like this. But, you know, but again, it's it's just a, a it's I do think dialogue is is key and it's something that you notice some writers get right and mm-hmm. some writers get dreadfully wrong. And I notice that the ones that that get it right are usually the ones that have some kind of theater background. Um case in point Neil Gaiman. I love mm-hmm. Gaiman's dialogue. Gaiman Gaiman, Gaiman does Gaiman gives good dialogue. But then when you see him in a reading or you see him presenting, he's he's got that he's got that theater flair about him. Mm. Well, that's another thing that, that being having any sort of acting, yeah. public speaking, right, right, experience yeah. really really helps you out as an author. Because one day, I don't know if you know this, we'll be able to leave our houses and go <laughs> to events where we may talk to other people. <laughs> I've we, heard a rumor that it yeah. may happen sometime. And we'll have hugs for both of you when That's that day right. comes. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be plenty right. of hugs. So Pip. Okay, so wanna talk about your latest project in which you're collaborating not only with yourself, but with other people. Uh Skyjack's Courier's Call, which I hear had a very successful Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. interested to hear how that started, how the collaboration process works with you on that. Absolutely. So Skyjack's Courier's Call is an all-ages friendly podcast that is an actual play, meaning we are playing a tabletop role-playing game uh, with some friends of ours and recording it in sort of an audio drama format. Um, but it is not an original concept. It Well, not to us anyway. Um, it is, in fact, the official spinoff show to another podcast called Campaign Skyjacks on the One Shot Podcast Network. 
uh, run and spearheaded by James D'Amato. Um, and uh, Skyjacks is a setting and a world and a, a series of stories that James created uh, with the help of some delightful freelancers. Um, and they are running this sort of adult-themed um, uh, actual play storytelling podcast uh, on campaign. Um, but recently, a few months ago, uh, James contacted us and said, hey, we have had some interest in uh, people really liking Skyjacks and people want to share it with their kids, but there's a lot of cursing in <laughs> Skyjacks. There's a lot of cursing. There's a lot of inappropriate stuff. Going uh, on. And mm-hmm. it's not it's not really going to fly with kids. Um, so uh, we're wondering if you and if, if you two would be interested in um, – uh, running an all ages friendly uh, show set in the same world with all the same kind of principles in play, um, but with a different sort of focus to it. And we were like, uh, yeah, yeah, we would yeah. like that. <laughs> yes. So, so uh, Skyjacks, the, <clears throat> the story, the world, whatever it is, it's, it's Sky Pirates. It's yeah. airships. airships? Wo- uh, airships. It's, it's airships. It's a world where the ocean is haunted, literally haunted and Dangerous. cursed. Bad. Um, nobody can do sailing now, so they were able to figure out how to do skyships. And uh, there are no nations. There are only basically just city states. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no kings. That's one of the taglines yeah. for it. Um, and there are also giant birds that you can ride. <gasps> so all birds are like what? Somebody did the math. It's 8.3 8. 8. 3 times, times larger. larger. So that wow. means like a hummingbird is roughly three feet in length. <laughs> so we like, we const- there's a, there's a whole mess of, uh, of memeing that's going on, right? Of people posting bird stuff and being like this, but 8.3 times larger. <laughs> and, so, so if you strung and- some hunting hummingbirds together, could they like pull a cart? Yes. Well, like you know that like <laughs> really uh, my dream. really fast. Yeah, obviously. There's a uh, I had to figure out how tall a kiwi would be. Oh, um, you could ride that kiwi. sucker. Yeah, oh yeah, they're, they're roughly like eight to ten feet the tall. The kiwi like, would be something like the the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex because it's got the tiny little arms, <laughs> but it's got that big ass beak and we've the legs seen what, for kicking and the legs. Mm-hmm. And we we've seen what it can do to weasels. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there yeah, you yeah. go. Wow. Actually, in New, actually in New Zealand, by the by, there was a giant eagle that um, possibly was actually likely to still be alive when the Maori people arrived, hence their legends of giant birds swooping down and taking off with their children. So I'm saying if you have a giant eagle times eight, wow, things like a 747. A good bird. It's a great bird. Why couldn't we take these eagles straight to Mordor? Why couldn't we take these eagles straight to Mordor? We're not getting into that. Okay, sorry. We're very very busy. (laughs) They have a lot on their table. Anyway. Skyjacks is basically a bunch of sky pirates out in the world. Uh, the other thing that James is uh, very adamant about with Skyjacks is that it is one, it's anti-colonial, um, meaning there are no nations to co- that want to go out and colonize things. Everyone's kind of like on their own, doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And two, it's also anti-capitalist. Um, and the idea being that the main bad guys are just the worst form of capitalist you can possibly think of. <laughs> oh, to be, live um, in a world like that. Hmm, that'd be weird. James calls it like they're like the East India Trading Company, you know, mixed with like the Illuminati. Like oh, it's dear it's God. It's okay. real bad. Yeah. yeah, it's real bad. Um, so that is the world, and it's, it's also a sex positive world. It's also a very sex positive world. Um, it's also like based on the music of the Decemberists. There's a lot of like folk. It's like folk punk, folk punk. is Ooh. the way that okay. describes okay. it. 
um, magic in it is very kind of folksy and dangerous magic and dangerous and also the card game Illimat. Um, yeah, which if you if you guys haven't played Illimat still, we have to fix that soon. It's like, it's such a good game. It's such a good game. Um, it's it's very. T- tarot feeling but it's yeah, it's a very yeah. good game anyway um so that is kind of the world that james had built and he was like hey um i want you to do an all ages thing um i have some ideas and he like kind of threw out some of the ideas a little bit here and there and he was like but i want you guys to kind of build it and mm-hmm. once you build it uh we're gonna have you guys run it and it'll, we'll we'll make it a, we'll another make it a show. thing we'll make yeah. it another show on the network Mm. Well, role playing is by its nature very collaborative. I mean, that's the yeah. great joy of it. It's, yeah. it's collaborative storytelling, be, right? So that that yeah. that sounds great. And so, how many episodes can people access right now? Currently, uh, eight. 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 Mm-hmm. How many? They're they're roughly. Gonna... At the time of this recording, the ninth episode comes out in two days. Ooh. So okay. we'll be well, probably probably nine. So we'll be putting those in the show notes. Yes, we will. Mm-hmm. For, uh... So James had us run a Kickstarter to fund this first season, um, mm-hmm. and it went super well. Um, part of, I think, what happened with the success of that, <clears throat> I think it's in no small part because uh, the fandom for Campaign Skyjacks is very active uh, online and on Discord and on Twitter, and like they that that group of fans are like committed like they love campaign skyjacks and so as soon as we were like hey we're doing uh an all ages friendly offshoot they were like here's my money take my money Let's go. <laughs> it's Let's all- go, shut guys. up and take my money it's, yeah. it's always yeah. nice when to crowdsource to a crowd yeah it really does yeah. help yeah yeah it's um and then the other thing that really helped us succeed i think is that uh we were James had us uh, play a game or two before we announced the Kickstarter was going to happen, and he published those first couple of episodes on the regular Skyjacks feed. Uh, that helps. That helps a heck of a lot. Yeah, cross pollination. Yeah, so that yeah. everybody had a chance to listen and kind yep. of see who's involved, what's the story going to be like, what's it feel yep. like, and then and then after that, we were like, "Here's the Kickstarter. We're only asking for this much money." And people blew us away. We funded in the first day, Ooh, and work. by the Man. end of the month, had nearly doubled that total. Right. Um. And we were just like so grateful. Uh, for all the support, but I mean, in, in getting the backer surveys back, everybody has just overwhelmed with overwhelmed us with. We're so glad you're making this show. That's great. We can't wait to support you more. We can't wait to listen. My kids love it so far. I love it so far. You know, all of this really great stuff. So we're just really excited to be, you well, know, working on something that's well, that. I- I and ha- don't worry, folks, I- we are going to have links in the show notes. Yeah, we, we will have links. have links in the show notes. Uh, you know, I think it's perfect timing for this kind of thing, because obviously uh, I've heard a few kids are home right now and a few parents are probably losing <laughs> oh, their yeah. minds. Right, right. So this is a great, uh, you know, content production thing for yes. for kids and families to, you know, yeah. hook into. So that's But good. I think one of your questions, Pip, was like, who takes the lead yeah. on that? Yes, um, yes. And that was our really long-winded way of saying that uh, we were – we were approached as a pair, as uh-huh. a collaborative pair. But in discussing how we wanted to deal with things, I said that I really wanted to be a player at the table, mm-hmm. um, and that I di- I only wanted like a light a light sprinkling of the the behind the scenes kind of stuff initially. Mm-hmm. Um, so Drew is listed as the showrunner and like kind of the narrator for the story. Um, and I am one of the players at the table as well as the audio producer. But mm. as things have developed over the last couple of months, 
um, Drew has kind of opened multiple doors to not just me, but also our other two players, Palomi and Aaron, um, who are phenomenal role players, um, phenomenal performers, that Drew has worked towards developing um, like a, like there are no GM screens kind of attitude at the table Mm -hmm. where um, we are all kind of party to a certain amount of information about the story and the arc and how things are going to go. And we all have a say in what we want to focus on and what we don't want to focus on. Um, so, I mean, to answer your question, I feel like Drew is the showrunner. I was just saying, I think it's really fascinating to me because we haven't talked to a collaborating couple in a while. I think we only know like two or three others. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that the process is organic and fluid and often how you start off doing something um, like like you with uh, Skyjacks is is different to how it ends up and that's cool and magical and interesting how that Absolutely. goes. Yeah. And then yeah. Drew was going to come in with something well, I was, really I was just amazing. Say, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to think about the concept of role-playing games right now is – weird considering that like 15 years ago nobody played and now everyone plays amen and not and and not just not just people the cool kids are playing i mean joe magliana magliano i know i'm maginello joe maginello i mean when when people said yeah very cool guy hot as whale balls uh you know he's he's (laughs) stack jacked and packed and then the funny thing was his wife, who is also pretty, was also pretty hot as as well. Someone said, "Don't you think it's a little nerdy taking your wine cellar and turning it?" And she just looked at her and said, "said Girlfriend, look, one, I am proud of my nerd. Two, I know exactly where he's at. <laughs> he is down in the basement with his little nerdy friends going, and I, she brings them food. Come on, yeah, she's basically so the DM mom. Yeah, and the yeah. best part, I just, I, I would, I would love to do a role playing session with with Joe, with Felicia, and with uh, and with Deborah, as in Deborah. Uh, oh, Deborah Ann Wall. Deborah Ann Wall, and I just. Oh, she's- I know, and I just and and I know that she taught Charlie Cox how to play. So I want Charlie in there as well, <laughs> just so I can hear Charlie say, "I cast magic missile," just so I can hear that. <laughs> but so I'm well, sorry, I Drew, think, but, you're, but, you're, but you're right. No, no, no. It's it's it, a it's really fine. weird place where where our role playing games have, have, have gone. Yeah, and they've gone to this place that it has become more art. Yeah, um, it has become a a craft, a as if you, a performance of some kind. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is is for so long, uh, the the GM, the game master, has always been seen as you know, there's a screen, and whatever's behind that screen they have is the secret. Is the, those are the secrets. The keeper of secrets. The keeper of secrets. And the the reason I was, I thought about this, I was sitting down going like, why? Why is that a thing? And it's because. You don't want to let your you don't want to show your hand to the audience, right? And right. when you play a tabletop role playing game, the audience is usually your players, right? But when you're doing it as an actual play, the audience is not your players; it is the audience. And so suddenly, all this ideas that like I have my ideas and I'm hiding them behind my screen and they're in my brain does not work for a podcast actual play. It can um, in certain aspects, but I don't think it it facilitates very well. And I think that's why a lot of 
a lot of podcasts that play D&D are not great. Um, it's because they they think, well, I have to be spontaneous and here in the moment with this, and I need to, as the GM, I need to hide everything, and I need to hide my character from everything, and then nothing gets done. So when you are a GM doing an actual play, I feel like you need to play to your audience, which is actually the people listening to your show. Mm -hmm. And you are better as a creator when you have people to bounce things off Mm. of. That's it. Art can't be created in a vacuum. Art art is not created in a vacuum. And because of that, your players Mm -hmm. then become not players, but collaborators. Yes, collaborators. Now, but but I'm going to throw this out to you then. And and Mm. maybe this will be the, the last question. And then we'll and then we'll have the after show, everybody. So so we'll, we'll you know stick around for the after show. But um, so here so here's here would be the big question I have for the two of you as collaborators. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. you're right. Art cannot be created in a vacuum. I mean, I look at since we're talking about role playing specifically, I'm I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the ministry uh, the ministry initiative. I'm looking mm-hmm. at yeah. how, I mean such beautiful artwork. We worked with such talented people. Um, J.R. Blackwell, P.J. Schneider, a.k.a. Piper J. Drake. Alex um, White. Alex White, who did this phenomenal cover for us. I mean, we and and it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing looking at this and going, wow, we, we, we created this thing. Uh, and you're right. When, when you know, when, when you're working with with something like when you're when you're when you're working on Twitch, when you're when you're creating a podcast of actual play, your your audience becomes emotionally invested in the work. Yeah. So what is the line between art <laughs> is not created in a vacuum and we are creating art by a committee? Mm. I mean, that's a fine line. I mean, people have asked me, T, why I haven't done any writing streams? I haven't done writing streams. I've done editing streams, which is a lot of fun because people see me, you know, edit a, 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 a story and they go, oh, that was cool. And I need to do that again. Yeah. But I don't, I've seen writers that have done writing streams and they start it, it's almost like that yes there's there's a there's a very fine line between the, you know you're not creating this in a vacuum but at the same time you you can't you can't create art by committee so where do you think that line is so and that's a that's a great question i love that question because when we did warda we did it a little bit by committee right um when we did our streams we would allow the people on the streams to throw things at me um, to use in the show and they became canon yeah. and, and people loved it. Um, but it, you know, in some ways it went a little too far back and forth. Right. Uh, and, but so here's how I, I think it, it has to go. When you begin to collaborate, you need to understand like who is your collaborating people and you can give permission and, you know, leeway to those people that are being collaborated with let's say it's four people in this this instance it's your people at your table that you're playing with um but if you want to open it to your audience you want their ideas as well you need to direct them Mm -hmm. as if i was the director and i would sit there and go hey uh hey chat uh they're walking into into a tavern quick give me three things i'm going to grab the first three things and those are the things that are going to be a part of uh, the story from now on. And it's a small thing. It's not a big thing. I'm not asking them who's the big bad now. I'm not right, giving, right, right. I'm not letting right. them control plot. I'm letting them control detail. Hmm. And detail is something that everyone loves, everyone can do. And when they do it, they feel so included with it. Plot is different. 
Plot is what we do as the collaborators. We are telling the story. The audience is a lot. We're allowing the audience to fill in the stucco on the walls, the paintings, the things we see, the little bits and pieces that are like, well, what is this and what is that? And those can then take it and run with it and be like, oh, I now can write my fanfic and do this. And that's a part of it. Right. Hmm. Always remembering that what we do, what we do as the collaborators is plot mm-hmm. and Wait. story. So you're the, you're like creating the spine of the dinosaur, and they're like putting some little feathers on the outside. Yeah, and they get to know. put the, the feathers and the skin and the eyes, and maybe it and has, Drew knows uh, everything about dinosaurs because that's what he, oh, that boy. that's what that's what he does. That's what he does as his day job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in my in our uh, role playing game that we do every Wednesday, my barbarian character just wrestled a uh, velociraptor. You're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. Uh, oh. And and called him George, and now he's her pet. Yeah, oh, oh, at one at one point. At one point, she was punching and going, "Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep." <laughs> we will send you. We well, actually. And the GM was like, "I knew this was going to happen." <laughs> and, and, and 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 to to close on this, um, if you look at Pip's uh, profile picture on on Facebook, I commissioned an artist to do to do some artwork of her of her of her barbarian character headlocking the dinosaur and it's. <laughs> And she didn't know it was coming, and so and it's and, so good. Oh, so but <laughs> so the other funny bit is the um, that she grows to twenty one feet tall. So at some stages, she he's, she can pick him up. Again. George, <laughs> yep. love George, 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 George the dinosaur. So, in closing, um, where can people find you, Allie and Drew, and 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 where and where can they support where can they your find you and where can they support you? Yeah, um, we have uh, a. Uh, partnership Patreon that we've had for a couple of years. It's patreon.com slash whimsy artifice. Which is funny because you asked earlier, like, well, so Drew's good at world building. What's Allie good at? And we joked early on in our relationship that Drew is the artifice. He's the structure. And then I'm the whimsy. I'm like, but they all have pink hair. (laughs) And there are unicorns. Yeah. So whimsy artifice is kind of like that thing. Uh, Patreon.com slash Wednesday Artifice. Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Dreams to Become. Um, you can also find my website, dreamstobecome.com, where you can find more information about uh, things that I've written, things that I've recorded, other podcasts and games that I've played in that you can listen to, um, my dialect lessons. If you're interested in upping your tabletop game or upping your podcast game, uh, I teach uh, accents and dialect work. Could you teach individual. me how to speak New Zealand? Um, <laughs> I I only know how to speak New Zealand from listening to you. <laughs> but it is a really nice party trick. I will say that. It's You're a good, party a good job there, bro. Thank you. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't know. Is that it? Uh, you, can, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Worlds to Forge on Twitter. Uh, you can find Courier's Call at Courier Call. On, on Twitter. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? Uh, on my Twitter, you can find links to I do consultation for world building. I also do consultation for acting for role playing. Ooh. So like acting at the table, if you want to up your game and try to figure out like what's the best way to do characters and stuff like that. And I GM do that. Work and too. GM work, I do all consultations for that. Um, is there anything else? Uh, I mean, you can find Skyjack's us. Skyjack's Careers Call can be found on any of your favorite podcatching apps. Um, 
Google Play, iTunes, yep. whatever. You can also find Warda on those as oh, well. Oh yeah, Warda's out there. Yeah, it's on it's on a hiatus right now because right. we're trying to figure out how we want to proceed with it in the future. But can uh, you there's um, a, can you find can, can you find Warda and and Skycatcher's Call and those other podcasts on Spotify as well? Yes, I think you can. Excellent. I, I think don't you, know. Excellent. I think you can find. I think you can Maybe? find uh, Courier's Call. You can find Courier's mm, Call. I'm going to teach know. Alexa how to uh, read. Figure me. it out. Yeah, there we if go. If you can, that works. Check it out. All right. I mean, um, <clears throat> and, and anything else, Drew? Um, I, I did I have anything? Else? I mean, as I, far as like supporting us, uh, that's I mean the patreoncom slash Um, we I think we both also have in our like Twitter profiles. There's like a coffee or a something you know throw PayPal, a few bucks something. to your witcher yeah, yeah. Throw, throw a po- coin to your witcher but you know yeah. we are for our day jobs uh we are um performers in theme parks here in orlando florida um and as you know they are closed it's right now non-existent um and even though one of them is reopening shortly it's not a good idea and yes. we are currently out of work so yeah, we're around. Good time wanna... to throw a coin to your, to your you creative yeah. witcher. And as far as, yeah. uh, as and as far as where you can find us, remember you can find me at tatmorris.com. pjballantine.com. You can also uh, drop us a voicemail at 703-791-1701. You can also drop us a text message from that uh, from that uh, number to WhatsApp, and we will be more than happy to bring your feedback on the show. And of course, this show, The Shared Desk, is protected by a non-commercial, no-derivative, share-alike, United States 3.0 license. You can find out more about that license at creativecommons.org. Stick around for the after show. Thank you very much for joining us. And on behalf of Drew, on behalf of Allie, on behalf of Pip, thanks, everybody. Catch you later. What do I usually say? Oh, say, enjoy, enjoy the, the ride. ride. God. Even after- <laughs> That's staying in. That's definitely staying in. That was beautiful. Ha, 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 ha.